naked in the snowstorm. Daylight savings, I love it. Get rid of that. Um, Welcome to church. I'm so glad uh, to be here with you. Uh, A little note. Our church staff uh, went to a church conference this week called Exponential. Uh, and it was in Florida, so you could feel bad for all of us. Uh, but we endured the warmer temperatures uh, to go to this church conference. And this church conference is amazing. I've, I've been several times. Um, but I just, I love everything that happens there. And uh, our staff was able to go. And, and I'll tell you why that's such a blessing. Uh, week to week, uh, the staff here uh, manages, serves, works hard uh, to serve you, to minister to you. And so it was such a blessing to be able to take them to Exponential, to, to the place where they could receive. Like they didn't need to put anything on. They weren't in charge of anything. Uh, they didn't have to do any work. They just had to show up. And, and listen to amazing speakers uh, and just receive and be ministered to. And, and it's such a powerful thing uh, that they were able to go to that. The theme was on evangelism, and it was a good reminder of us uh, kind of put van- evangelism back into the forefront uh, of ministry. So thank you uh, for being part of this community, and thank you for giving us an opportunity uh, to go down and receive and be ministered to. So turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. We have been working our way through Colossians, and up until this point, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 through 25, that's what we'll go through today. Uh, we have been, uh, Paul has laid out this this theological construct that we've been talking about the last few weeks uh, about our identity and our position in Christ. And because this is our identity, this is our position. See, you're in there, and Christ is in you, and you are in Christ, and we're all in God. This is the Holy Spirit. It's all beautiful. It's all great. Uh, If you missed the last few weeks, go back and listen to those. You'll understand what all this is. But Paul is saying, if this is true, if our minds, if our hearts, if we're hidden in Christ, Christ in us is a hope of glory. We are hidden in Christ. We have a new identity. We are a new person. Then put off all these things, put to death all of these things. Remember those passages, anger, uh, jealousy, envy. We had this big list of things. Kill these things in your life. These things are not to be in the life of a Jesus follower. We talked about how it's a process. You take one step at a time. You have to figure out what is the root cause of the anger to be able to actually heal the anger in your life. And then we talked about Paul saying, put off all of these things, put to death all of these things in your life. Then put on all of these things as a Jesus follower. Put on all all of these things. Put on, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. And then he goes on to address this Christian community that's the church. And he's saying this is how you are to live together in community. You are to encourage one another. Sing psalms to each other. uh, Admonish one another. Correct one another. 
point each other to Jesus. And then he has this line. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to him. Like this is what the the church is supposed to embody. This kind of living. When people look at us, this is the kind of living they are supposed to see. And then Paul continues uh, his instruction, and we'll read these verses, and then I have to give some uh, context to them. Um, and just before we begin, like some of these verses that we're going to read uh, are, uh, how can I say this, uh, they're complicated. And they're even verses that have been taken out of context and misused uh, to exert power over people. Uh, and that is wrong. That's not using them and within context. So here's the verses that we'll read, and then I'll give some more cultural context to this. Uh, in verse 18, Wives, submit to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, for they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and and do it not only when their eye is on you, but to win their favor. But with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, It is the Lord Jesus Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. How many are like, I love these verses. They're amazing. Some head shake, no. Nope, don't like these at all. Um, Here's the thing that's so fascinating about these verses. Like, we have to address them in context. So part of this context is, is Paul writing this letter to the church and framing out this is what it looks like to serve Jesus in everything we do in word or deed. So he turns from this community of Christ followers, this church, to now he turns to your home. And here's what's important to know about this. We use this phrase all the time. The Bible is written uh, for us, but it isn't written to us. And so Paul is writing in a uh, cultural context that is not ours. There were things that were true about this culture that we would look at and be just uh, disgusted by. And Paul is writing to this context. And and you notice he doesn't quite, he's not like correcting this context saying, no, this shouldn't be at all, but it's this more subversive text saying, here's how you follow Jesus and be an example within the cultural context that you live in. This was Greek culture. This was Roman culture. And it's so interesting. And actually, I think the church today could take some cues from it because the early church didn't go, this culture is wrong. It has to change now. Because the church had no power. 
Like Christians were killed for their faith. They had no power to change the entire cultural, political system. But what they did have was power to work within and say, I'm going to live differently within the culture and context. And I would argue that's even more powerful because then other people look at you and go, you're not, li- you're, you're not living the way that everybody else is. Why not? So part of this Roman culture context, I put some passages up here. These verses deal with what they call the household codes. And there's a few of them throughout Scripture where Paul addresses household codes. Household codes uh, for uh, Christians living in this culture, this culture that is absolutely not uh, a Jesus culture. It's anti-Jesus. And so Paul is writing within this context to try to show people this is how you live in the context. And, And so this culture, this household code culture uh, was what was this? I'll read a couple passages. This one's from the philosopher Aristotle. You'll start to get a sense uh, of the culture that Paul is writing to. And then hopefully, as we read more, you'll get a sense of how Paul is uh, instructing the Christians to live differently within that culture. Aristotle says this in, in his, poli- his work, Politics. Of household management, we have seen that there are three parts. One is the ruler of a master of, over slaves another of a father, and the third of a husband. A husband and father rules over wife and children, both free. Both rule differs. The rule over his children being a royal, over his wife a constitutional rule. Just to be clear, this is not scripture, all right? This is Aristotle kind of giving what he thinks the household should look like. For although there may be exceptions uh, to the order of nature, the male is by nature fitter for command than the female. Just as the older and full-grown is superior to the younger and more immature. He continues. The freeman rules over the, the slave after another manner from that in which the male rules over the female and man over the child, although parts of the soul are present in all of them. They are different in different degrees, for the slave has no deliberative faculty at all. The woman has but is without authority. The child has but is immature. So it must be necessary with the moral virtues also. All may be supposed to partake in them, but only in such a manner and degree is required for each the fulfillment of their duty. Anybody else feel like a little gross? Other other Greek philosophers, the Jewish philosopher Phileo uh, wrote this, wives must be in servitude to their husbands, a servitude not imposed by violent ill treatment, but promoting obedience in all things. Parents must have power over their, their children. The same holds for any other persons over whom the man has authority. Josephus said this, the woman says the law is in all things inferior to the man, let her accordingly be submissive, not for her humiliation, but she may be directed, for the authority has been given by God to the man. Again, none of that was scripture, just to be clear. 
See, the consensus in these ancient writings is that the man is justified in ruling over his household because his wife, slaves, children are by nature his inferiors. The purpose of these codes was to reinforce the goodness and importance of this hierarchy, familiar uh, family structure, which, is held, which, was, which held the, the fabric of society together. So Paul is writing into this culture that basically says the man is in charge of everyone in the home, no exceptions. In the cultural context, there is very little instruction or correction for the man. The man is the head of the house. The man is over the wife, over the kids, over the slaves. And the man can rule however the man wants. This is the context that Paul is writing into. It's almost like Paul is saying it's going to be too much to just confront this this strong uh, cultural flow, but I'm going to address it. And I'm going to show that in Christ, there is a different way of living. So Colossians 3, 18, 19. Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands as fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. There's a couple interesting things about how Paul writes these. Is he writes the, uh, to the inferior person first, giving them power. He, he writes to the person that within the cultural context has no power. And he writes to them and basically gives them, grants them rights, honor, and power through how he's writing. Wives, submit to your husbands. Respect, honor your husbands as as you do to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. In Ephesians, which is kind of a sister letter to this, it says, uh, husbands, love uh, your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In the cultural household codes, the husbands are neglected to be addressed. Here, Paul is saying, look, Your job is to love your wife so much so that you give up your life for her. Your example is Jesus. Wives, your example is Jesus. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Paul is talking about Jesus, and, and, and he says, our job is to be like Christ. And so he says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, 
And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on the cross. For me, whenever I see these words, uh, submission within the New Testament, this is the picture that I think the, writing, the, the writers are trying to communicate. The idea of submission is that you have power, but you bring yourself under someone else to serve and honor them. And, and Paul is going, look, live like Jesus did. Don't have selfish ambition or vacancy. In humility, put others above you. Don't look to just your own interests, but look to the interests of others. And be like Jesus. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. So, so this is what I, when I read these verses of husbands and wives in Colossians, this is the backdrop in which I read them. Paul, within this cultural context, is saying, look, husbands, wives, serve each other. Love each other. Husbands, your role is not to just have power and rule and do whatever you want. These people in your home that God has put you over, it's not your role to just do whatever you want. It's your role to serve, to nurture, to love with every single thing that you've got, just like Christ loves the church and gave everything up for. Again, something like this would have been unheard of in the cultural context. Paul says your, your primary aim in life in the context of serving Jesus is to love and serve each other as husband and wife. Uh, one author said it's when husband and wives understand these guidelines and live by them that they are truly free, free to mature, free to develop within the creative context of mutual respect and love. Paul goes on, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children. For they will, or they will become discouraged. This is another place where he's putting the, the powerless first. He's saying, children, obey your parents. Honor them. Listen to them. And then he gives strict instruction to the father. Father, do not treat your children poorly. Don't embitter them. Don't make them hate you. See, in all these equations, there's, there's two parts. And Paul is calling on the parents to love their kids in such a way that their kids want to follow them and honor them. I think the tricky part of some of these verses is that they can be yanked out of context and be used against someone else. 
And, and for anybody that's listening, we have to be strong enough in our understanding of scriptures as a Christian community, as leaders in Jesus, to go, no, you're using that wrong. That is not the idea that Paul had when he wrote this letter. You are using it out of context and you need to be corrected. I'll give you an example. Uh, There once was a father who, um, I'll keep it it vague. There once was a father uh, in a prior community uh, that uh, did horrible things to his family. Um, Basically uh, cheated on his family the entire uh, time they were married. And this news finally broke, and the kids were teenagers, and, and this news came out that, that basically the entire marriage, this father had been unfaithful to his wife and to his family. Just heartbreaking, tragic. And I remember sitting down for a conversation, and uh, the kids were having a particularly hard time, as you would be natural, Right? Something that you thought was correct your whole entire life has turned out to be a sham. Someone you thought you could respect and honor your entire life turned out to be fake. Living a dual life. And this dad, I was talking to this dad, trying to minister him, trying to bring transformation, trying to bring correction. And this dad was having a particularly hard time with his daughter that was quite angry. And I remember he, he used this verse. <laughs> In that context, he sat there, looked at me, straight-faced. Well, the Bible says my daughter's supposed to honor me. And I'll tell you, the rage that that started to rise up in me, I could have done some things, right? But I was pastoral. (laughs) And I said, yeah, but uh, that's if you're doing what God calls you to do. Like, if you were being a father that was following Jesus and submitting yourself to Christ, if you were being a father that was leading in a way that was worthy of honor and respect, then yeah, I think your daughter will listen and honor you. But you haven't done that. And so it's unfair to hold scripture to someone in your family when you're not willing to follow scripture yourself. So really Paul's talking to parents. He's saying, look, all these things that we've talked about here, put to death these things, put on these things, live in this way, follow Jesus, be in Christian community, in everything you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Christ. Parents, if you live this way and you're gentle and you love and serve and you respect and honor your kids, guess what? They'll honor you too. 
And Paul continues on. He says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eyes are on you to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance in the Lord as a reward, it is Jesus that you are serving. Uh, We're going to talk about this a little more in a couple weeks uh, because I I think this deserves a a little bit um, fuller treatment. And and we're going to, in the next chapter, in the chapter, in the next week, we're going to give full treatment to this idea of slavery in the New Testament and specifically what Paul is talking about because this comes full circle when you read the end of the letter and then pair that with uh, another letter in the New Testament called Philemon. So we're going to give fuller treatment to this uh, in two weeks. But Paul is again flipping the script on what is normally done. Usually the man is over the slaves and the slave has no power. This, this idea of slavery in the New Testament was different than our idea of slavery throughout our country's history. But there was no power. You had to do what the master told you to do. And if you read carefully, you will see Paul is slowly changing the script for the slave that's working in the house. Roman discussions of household management recommend motivating slaves by holding out various rewards, such as praise, more food, better clothing. How does Paul address this? What's the reward that Paul tells the slaves they should be running after? He says... In everything you do, not only when their eye is on you to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as for working for the Lord, not for men. Since know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord that is a reward. Paul is giving the slave within the house more power and he reframes it and goes, this is not the person you're working for. You're not working for this house, but you're working in Jesus, for Jesus, in all that you do. It's part of this earlier comment that Paul made, for whatever we do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of Christ. We'll put a cap right there. We'll address it more in two weeks uh, to give it a fuller picture and treatment. It's important that we get right understanding on that section. Uh, There's a quote by Rachel Held Evans. She said this, The point of these household, household codes are not to affirm Greco Roman household structure, it is to point people to Jesus, whose humility and love can be mirrored by his followers in any culture and in any situation. Paul is writing and saying, look, 
I'm not affirming the way that the culture is organized. But, but I am going to encourage Christ's followers to live differently within that culture than everybody else. So husbands, when people see the way that you treat your house, they will know that something is different. Wives, when people say, see the way that you treat your house, they will know that something is different. When people see the way that you live, they will see a reflection of Jesus, even in a broken culture. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, pray that you give us wisdom on this particular section of Scripture. That you give us wisdom on the message that Paul is communicating and the way that he's communicating it. That you give us wisdom to, to look at this and then ask the question for ourselves. How are we following you? In our homes, in our relationships. We praise you, Jesus, in your name.